Happy New Year. Um, if 2021 was uh, on a seven-day get-your-money-back thing, I think I would probably ask for a refund um, already, and we're only still in January. Um, we had an interesting start, 2021, um, but I'll tell you a little bit about that later. Um, but... Uh, Yes, I hope that if that is the case, the way that we started 2021, I have this uh, saying that I like to use from time to time that is, swallow a live toad the first thing in the morning and then the rest of your day is not so bad. So um, if that was the last toad in the first few days of 2020, then hopefully the rest of the year is not going to be so bad. Um, And of course, as you know, we've all uh, already had hot news everywhere and we're still uh, trying to find our feet in uh, the current situation that the world finds itself in. Um, But uh, I think people like Bunnings and the supermarkets are doing really well in business as we renovate and can't travel anywhere and eat a lot. So, you know, there are some plus things to the world around us at the moment. Um, My story this morning... um, is around, uh, at South Point we've been concentrating on uh, our year ahead. We, um, our pastor has moved to Western Australia, so we are, as an eldership, just um, leading, uh, as, as a community actually just leading, uh, until we find a, a new pastor. And uh, we're concentrating on discipleship. And what it means to be a real disciple, you know, we, we're all as a Christian community responsible for bringing our parts and asked by Jesus himself to all be contributors to um, our part in the body of Christ. We all have different talents and gifts and um, it's to share those with other people. So with that in mind, we, uh, I've been concentrating on how, what, what that looks like for me and um, in my personality and in my passions. And um, mine has always been people care. So I'm a nurse by profession. I'm still nursing. I have been for 30 years. And uh, uh, above that, my passion is for people. I've always loved to be around people and to care for them and to um, walk alongside them. So I wanted to just bring a message of encouragement as we look to the new year. What does that mean? Uh, It means more than ever, actually, that we need to care for each other as um, our world continues to be under stress and change that we cannot control. Um, It seems more than ever that we need to care for each other. In fact, just one of the conversations this morning was how much need there is in in our communities and not just among um, demographics that have always been in need but people who um, find themselves in difficult situations with the current climate and have new needs. So um, in people care, it's always a challenge to know how to do that and to do that well. And I just wanted to encourage you in some of the things that um, I've based my journey on in helping people along the way, to encourage you when you're helping people along the way, people who God puts specifically in your path. So uh, I'm going to talk to you around three different parts of scripture that 
I base my journey on, and then um, three uh, spaces that we do that in. So the first place we're going to go to is Genesis 37, and that is a common place. I'm just going to tell you about it this morning. I'm not going to go there and read it. Um, it's where we find Joseph, and he's, he's come to visit his brothers. And um, while he's journeying, they can see him coming, and they conspire to kill him. And um, while they're making those decisions, Reuben says to them, let's not kill him. It's a bit drastic. Let's just throw him in a pit. So the title of my message today is Two Wells in the Open Road. And um, the first well is the one that Joseph finds himself in. It's a, a pit, which is a dry well, and his brothers throw him in there. And when Reuben returns to save his brother, because he's thought about it in his head, he'll come back and rescue Joseph and restore him to his family. When he comes back, Joseph is gone. And the rest of the story, as you know, is history because Joseph has been shipped off with an Ishmaelite caravan and off he goes to Egypt to be sold into slavery. And he freaks out in that moment. Oh my gosh, what is he going to do? His brother is gone and he can't do what he set in his mind to do, which was against his brothers. My question to you is, what if Reuben had rescued Joseph? That story would look kind of different, right? We wouldn't have been talking about it years later because he would have been restored to his family. They would have had a big barney about family politics and that would have been the end of the story. But in fact, even though Joseph's life was really difficult, historians say between 17 and 20 years he suffered in slavery before he got to Pharaoh's court, God was with him. And what, is, what I like to take out of that scripture and apply to my personal life, um, because I'm a, I love people and I want to fix their situation in nursing, you give them an injection, you do a bandage, you do something to help fix it that, or rescue them, is that as it, with Reuben, it's not my job to rescue them. That doesn't absolve us from helping people. It means, though, that we cannot rescue them. Only God can. And so we need to trust God with them and with our journey with them that he will be at the centre of what we do for them. And in Joseph's move forward into the next 17 to 20 years, God was the one who stayed with him through that whole time. God was the one who brought favour. God was the one who... Um, made a way for Joseph, even though Joseph worked really hard in that 17 to 20 years. So that's the first principle I try to take into every people care situation. I cannot rescue this person. I can only walk with them. And God needs to be at the centre of that relationship between us. The second place I'd like to go to is um, also one that you know very well. It's the story of the woman at the well. And I'm going to read that piece to you today. A woman, a Samaritan, came to draw water. Jesus said, would you give me a drink of water? The Samaritan woman, uh, taken aback, asked, how come you, a Jew, are asking me, a Samaritan woman, for a drink? Jesus answered, 
if you knew the generosity of God and who I am, you would be asking me for a drink and I would give you fresh living water. The woman said, Sir, give me this water so I don't ever get thirsty. I won't ever have to come back to this well again. He said, Go call your husband and come back. I have no husband, she said. That's nicely put, he said. Um, You have had five husbands and the man you're living with now isn't your husband. You spoke the truth there, sure enough. I love that in the scripture. If you could hear Jesus speaking to her, there's no judgment in his voice. There is only grace and love for her in spite of all the things that have happened in her life, all the circumstances, all the choices she's made. Some of them have been circumstantial, some of them are choices. And there's no judgment in his voice. I think for us, it's our natural, it's part of our fight or flight, actually, response to life around us, that we're always judging the situations that we're in. We're judging whether it's safe for us to be in the situation, it's safe to be the other person to be there, and, or, and it's safe for our families. That's part of our natural response. But in the scripture, what I've taken out of it always is to not judge people for their circumstances or their decisions. That's not my responsibility. I'm not there to rescue them, and I'm not there to judge them. I'm there to bring Jesus into the situation that they face and to at all times exercise grace as Jesus did with this woman. It's his grace that makes the way. It's his love that paves the way. And to always remember that he is at the centre of every meeting that we have with any person that we have to take care of. The last scripture is um, one of my favourites too. It's the scripture, the road to Emmaus. And um, it came up in uh, that sweet little clip for the kids. Um, In the scripture, it actually talks about how long that journey is. So the first sentence is that this road to Emmaus is seven miles long, which is just under 14 kilometers. That's quite a long road to be on if you're walking. And... The road that the disciples are on, they're talking about what's just happened to Jesus and how they're disappointed and grieving and they're talking to each other and confused as well because the women have just come to tell them that they can't find Jesus' body. And so while they're talking, they're sharing the load between the two of them. And Jesus joins them. And so for the long road, which is 13 kilometers or seven miles, they are talking with Jesus, who they don't recognize as Jesus, but they are talking about what has happened and about scriptures and how that relates to them. And they feel this burning passion in their hearts. Um, And then, of course, as you know, Jesus reveals himself. I think for all of us, when we're doing that thing where we evaluate the situation that we find ourselves in with another person in a relationship, we consider first, as I said, our safety and um, how that's going to impact our lives. But we also 
uh, in the world, especially today, we go, well, how long is that going to take? How long are we going to journey with this person? How much time is it going to demand of us? And in a world where we are so seem to be more time poor than ever, even though we have microwaves and things that work really fast like the NBN, we seem to be time poor. And so we're also time sensitive. We don't necessarily want to give of our time in case it takes too long. That's always what's on your mind, really, when you're considering a new journey with somebody. Um, for me, when I enter into conversations with people or I start a journey, start a journey with someone, I also ask that same question. How much time? Well, in scripture, the number seven is a symbolic number and it means uh, the perfect number. So it's seven is perfection, it's God. And um, whenever I think about, well, how long is this going to take? It will take the perfect time. However long the journey is, whether it's short and I get to walk with some people just for a short time, or whether it's long and it takes years and years to establish those relationships and to walk with them through whatever it is that they need to walk through, it doesn't matter. It's God's time. And whatever time he's called us to walk with somebody, um, his grace is enough to help them and us in that place. Um, I like uh, listening to big preachers, uh, you know, the ones that are a little bit more famous, and uh, I can often listen to those messages and be so encouraged about what they say, and, and it's so wow and motivating, and then sometimes I think, well, how do I apply that to my life. So I'm a nurse and I like to be practical as well. So I thought about how do we apply these three principles that I've shared with you from the word um, to our lives. And I wanted to add three circles, three spaces to that. So the first space that you find yourself in is your space. So in your space are your people. So for just a minute, think about who your people are. Whenever I talk to people that I'm journeying with, I ask them, who are your people? Because sometimes it's really good to just take inventory of who your people are. Because even when we get stressed and distressed, we can think that nobody cares about us, which is not necessarily a truth. So I ask people to just take a minute. Who are your people? And your people are usually your family, your spouse, a really close friend, somebody you trust. And they're not necessarily a whole lot of people. If you think about Jesus, there were he had 12 disciples, but he only had three people that were really close. And those were the three people that were left at the bottom of the cross when everything looked like it was going south and he was dying. There were three people there. So it doesn't have to be a whole group of people. It just has to be your people, the ones that you would ring in the middle of the night, the ones that who take care of you, the ones that go out of their way to ring you up and find out how you are. Those are your people. So that, those people are in your first space. In the second space is 
your community. So um, your church, your church people that you know and you connect with. Um, perhaps you have something that you do in the community that you're really passionate about. If you're still working, perhaps it is your job. Um, as Christians in the world historically, we haven't been great at uh, what we do, what we say and what we do. And that's why people don't necessarily trust Christians because sometimes what they say hasn't been what they've done and they've done some terrible things. So we need to show in the second space the very best of our faith in Jesus Christ. And the way that we do that is to shine. When our children were little, we've got two little boys. Oh, well, they're not little anymore. They're enormous. Um, 22 and 25, but when they were little, we used to do, I don't know if anybody knows the Donut Man, if, um, he was a, a children's preacher at the time when my kids were little, and he had this song that said, life without Jesus is like a donut, you have a hole in the middle of your heart, and um, he used to sing memory verses, that was how he helped children to remember scripture, and we used to sing those memory verses to our children before they went to bed and they would sing along with us. And the one that always I remember still um, is, let your light shine before men that they may see your good deeds and praise your Father in heaven. When you're in your second space, whether that's in your community and or in your job or whatever it is you're doing in the second space that exposes you to other people, it's not necessarily your words about Jesus that count. It's your shining. It's shining the light of Jesus Christ so that people go, there is something different about you. It's being excellent at what you do so that people see that there is something different about you. And possibly in that time, as your life becomes a testimony in that space of being the best that you can be in the second space, they ask you, about Jesus. And that is the third space. The third space is when people, people are always watching you. Even if they're not watching you, stalker watching you, they're watching you. That, that you are giving off a subliminal advert always of your presence on what you're doing and whether you're doing it well. And if they trust you and they see their consistency of who you are and what you shine, they will ask you into the third space, which is their space, their space, where they ask you about Jesus and where you get to shine your light to them and pave the way for them to knowing Jesus. In, um, in Acts, there's a place where um, Paul goes to Athens, and Athens at the time was just a place of temples, different gods, even the god of the unknown. There was just a whole lot of worship going on there, but not the right kind of worship. And that really distressed Paul. Um, and the first place he went was into his space. So he went where he was comfortable. He went into the synagogue and he fellowshiped with people who talked the same language as him, who talked to him about God, and he could talk to them about God, and he was really comfortable. But he knew that wasn't the end of the story. 
and he went out into the streets of Athens and he talked to them about God. And he was really good in the second space in what he did. And because of that, they invited him into their space, which is the third space. And people followed Paul. Some historians have said that they wanted to change that scripture to say that people followed Jesus, not Paul. But actually what happens with people is that they, they don't know Jesus. They have no relationship with him. Maybe they've never heard about him before. But they do know you. So when you do what you do and you do it well and they see how much you know Jesus and love Jesus, they want to know Jesus too. So that's how it works. When, you invite, when they invite you into their third space, into their special place and ask you about Jesus, then they get to carry on that relationship with Jesus and invite them into, his, into their first space. So it's a really important journey. And um, it's a really exciting journey as Christians as we go out there and know that we can get to shine the light of Jesus Christ to the world around us, to a world that needs it more than ever in doing the best that we can do where we are. So that's my message to you today. I hope that encourages you that when you go out here into your spaces, that you do the best that you can do and that you shine Jesus in those spaces and make a difference in 2021 in whatever you set your hand to, remembering always that you can't fix it and that Jesus is the centre of it and to show grace and mercy and to take the time, whatever it takes, to go on the journey with people that you find in your life. So I'd just like to close in prayer and um, that'll be it. Thank you, Father, that you are at the centre of our world Lord, you know exactly what's going on. It's not a surprise to you. It's not a journey that you are scrambling for answers to. Um, Lord, it is a space that you have planned before the beginning of time and you sent Jesus for. Father God, help us to lean on and rely on and trust in you as we move into this new year. And also, Lord, to keep our eyes open and our hearts pure as we reach out to others, as we shine in the community, as we meet those needs, Lord, and bring Jesus into every situation. Help us, Lord, to extend grace and love to others. In Jesus' name, amen.